You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. All right, if you're celebrating God, you can do that better. Put your hands together and let's appreciate him more. Okay, so we'll get right into it. PG is in the house. Is someone excited. We have Pastor Godman. And for the benefit of those worshiping with us, either in person or online for the very first time, Pastor Godman is the lead pastor of the Elevation Church. The Life Point Church is an expression of the Elevation Church. So he's our papa. So please, can we make welcome PG? We need an extra t- uh, seat. All right. I'm excited about this, and I hope you are too. So, so excited. I know. Okay, so joining us this morning in the conversation is Demi Lade, as usual. Praise God. Praise God. Okay. Is this supposed to be a hot seat? Is it hot? <laughs> it's not hot, but we hope it's comfortable enough. Yeah, it is. Okay. But don't make it hot. Don't make it too hot. Okay, guys, so we received questions and, and all, and, well, PG, you are on the hot seat, too. Some of the questions that we have here. You said you sent me some questions. I didn't check my You email. didn't check? <laughs> Interestingly. I just remembered now that you said the questions that came in early that you sent them to my email. I forgot to check. I was what you know, we had match last night. Child. <laughs> Meanwhile, Chelsea fans in the house, congratulations. <laughs> City sympathizers we sympathize with you we are forgiving you <laughs> and all the manu fans that didn't wish us well <laughs> and all the gunners that have been cantankerous it just looks like everybody was against chelsea but god for, we've got god for us who can be against who can be against us thank you thank you for indulging me with that chelsea talk yeah <laughs> All right, let's, let's get into it. Um, so we have a, a couple questions just from this teaching series on the honor code and, and stewardship uh, mindset. Uh, we also have a few that sort of deviated from there. And I think like two people have indicated interest in asking you questions um, directly. So we hope to be able to give them time. Uh, one of the things we also want you to do for us today is to lead us in prayers. Uh, we would love to spend some time praying just to wrap up this teaching series. All right, so Demlade. I'll have you go first. Welcome, sir. Um, So we have a few questions, and I'm going to start with the first one. Um, So over the last couple of weeks, we've been told about honor, about honoring God with our talents, with our time, our devotion, and with contentment. Um, But how do I maintain an attitude of honor in situations that are untenable? Like um, with a boss who clearly doesn't like me. Like this is not, we're not arguing. He, He doesn't like you. You know, or with a spouse who you just can't, you guys can't seem to make headway. You, you can't, you know, you don't live together in harmony. How do I, how do I honor God in those types of situations? Um, thank you, Demirada. You know, when the, Jesus was talking somewhere in the Gospels, and he said, if someone entreats you to go one mile, he said, go with them two miles. He said, if they ask for your coat, give them your tunic also. And he said, if they slap you on the right, turn the left. All that he was saying there was not that we should become mumu or, you know, in, what he was saying was that we shouldn't become a doormat for people to just, you know, step on us. But we must understand that as a people, 
who claim to have the Holy Spirit and whose life is hidden in Christ in God, we can determine how we respond to issues. We don't react, we respond. Because there's more to me than meets the high. I'm not just the person you're seeing. There's, 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 the, the Spirit of God is in me. God, I'm actually here to represent God. So God is in me. So I don't react to external stimulus like natural people. Thank God in the month of June, we'll be talking about everyday supernatural yeah. and, you know, and all that. I don't respond to things like natural people. Uh, I mean, I don't react. I respond. So... If my boss is wicked or bad, you know, and all that, what is the place of love your enemy? Yeah. I pray for those who despitefully use you and hurt you. Because those are the instructions of Christ. And God will never ask us to do what he has not capacitated us to do. The main issue is idle capacity. Yeah. You know, as a, as a trained engineer, uh, one of the things I learned about idle capacity, for instance, when you're talking about electrical uh, things, like maybe generator. You know, you have out there a 250 kVA generator. Everything you are using here, maybe 100 or 150. The idle capacity there is like 100. So if you load more, if you, it's like bring it on, bring it on. Right. And yeah. you know, the scripture then says, God is faithful. You know, I allow you to be tempted more than that which you can bear. Can and in every situation, it will make a way. That means it will have capacity for you. Mm. It will have capacity for you. When you're about to break, it takes you away from there or gives you wisdom to walk away. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes, but in as much as God wants me to be in that place, I cannot break the scripture and say it's because I don't have capacity. No. I honor my boss. I love as much you know, as I can. Uh, not In every man, there's a king and a fool, we say. Mm. The one that you speak to is the one that responds to you. Mm. If somebody is speaking to the fool in you, and you are also responding as a fool, maybe you are a real fool. Uh, well, apologies. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. What I'm saying is that as we grow as Christians, we keep telling ourselves, I'm not a fool. The Spirit of God is in me. I'm a child of God. Even if you try to speak to the fool in me, the child of God in me will respond to you. Amen. So you're not going to make me who I'm not. I will sit together. Yes, husband to you, you need to talk to us, da, 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 da. And, I, and because I'm always around, after people come and, and I'll say, okay, if it can be Sunday, these days I don't have that much time during the week, I travel a lot during the week, uh, preaching at conferences and all, but on Sunday, when I finish preaching, I can have a 10 minutes, a 5 minutes chat, so I said, bring your husband, so she just came to this, it's a PG, it's me, you've forgotten me, two or three weeks ago I spoke to you, my husband has refused to come, but I must talk to you, no, 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 and she just broke down, so I had to quickly drag her into a corner and I just rushed her into my office, actually. And when we spoke, everything that she said pointed to the fact that her husband has emotional gaps. Mm. Something must have happened to the young man while he, he was young. I mean, he's, the husband, I think, is about a little over 40 now, but maybe when he was younger because this person does not know how to say sorry, does not know how to accept responsibility. So this lady said, the house help did not wear a mask properly in the house. And my husband came to fight me because of the house help, that because I didn't teach her. I went not in this house together. <laughs> so she had to conclude that there's something wrong. Mm. And I said, look, before you attribute it to the devil, it's not always the devil. 
The devil will take advantage of gaps. But it does not mean that the gaps don't exist. Gaps in character, gaps in emotion. Yeah, the devil will take advantage of it. But how do I respond to that as a believer? So I'm going to counsel everyone the way I counseled her. I said, if you realize that your husband had a kidney problem, will your response be sympathy, empathy, and care? Say yes. But now your husband has emotional problem. And you want to break his head because of it. <laughs> yes, sir. What I'm, so that's what I'm talking about. When people hurt us, we must ask why. Is it because of me or the person is dealing with something? Mm. So if the person is dealing with something, as a Christian, what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to help. So it starts with do inter in internalize what your boss is doing. Your boss has scoin scoin. <laughs> I don't know how to. What's that in English? Oh, okay. <laughs> touch, yeah. Something that touches there. If you internalize it, you can pray for him. Mm. You can bless him. You continue to wish him bad, and you can respect him. The fact that somebody has some brain touch, does that mean the person can never warrant my respect? Or, or no, no. Because I have my own, too. It may not be brain touch. Maybe something else touch. You understand what I'm saying? Does that mean I should lose all my honor and regard because of that? I hope somebody got something out of that. Sir. Thank you so much for that, PG. So good. All right, just riding on that, um, your response there. Um, this generation, one of the biggest things, I mean, you speak to 10 people and you can very clearly, five at least, 50% will say to you they're having issues with their parents. And we've been talking honor and respect. In fact, most parents, it looks like the, the, the most, uh, the popular scripture that they know, if you ask them your top three scriptures, honor your father and your mother in the Lord, you know, that is the one that pops up. Um, so this person would like to know, we've talked about honoring God with what he has given to us. Children, we as, we as children are gifts to our parents. However, what is the role of parenting, um, the responsibility of parents in honoring children? Uh, why do they find it so hard to honor children, especially when they become adults? So a lot of people are struggling with the fact that their parents, they don't see eye to eye on a lot of issues, you know. Um, some unfortunately can't move out of the house. Some have successfully moved out of the house to reduce the pressure and the, you know, somebody's even, <laughs> even attesting to that, you know, just to reduce the friction that exists. But this generation and parents, there's a whole parental warfare ongoing. Um, would like you to speak to that from a perspective of honor mm. and respect. This one is a jump question. <laughs> and you know why I say that? Because I'm also a parent of teenagers right now. Uh, my first daughter, I think, will be 17 this November. And um, I miss her. She's in the boarding house right now, writing her IGCSE. But just yesterday, I was speaking to a mentor. She has someone, a lady that mentors her, um, and also tries to give her perspective on issues. And they were supposed to have a session on Zoom. So I was supposed to organize. So I called the lady. Uh, she's out of the country. So I called her to say, ah, you're supposed to have a session uh, with my daughter. And she said, oh, yes, yeah, yeah, the session is for six. So we were talking yesterday. And she said, oh, PG, I need to let you know some things. Uh, you need to talk to PB about, that's my wife. Talk to your wife about 
the fact that she only has, she cannot do more than two rules when it comes to dressing for this girl. And I would recommend that the rule is no skin and uh, neatness. And leave the rest. Let her dress the way she likes. Said, she said, I know you don't like what I'm saying, but if you want me to continue to mentor her and be of help, you guys have to also do your part. And that is, leave her to dress the way she wants to dress and just give her no more than two rules. That the rules are too many. <laughs> and she said, you know that your daughter is already under a lot of pressure because she's a pastor's kid. And everybody, calls, I mean, expects a lot from her because she's PG's child. And now, uh, uh, you people have to make it easier. I'm just talking about where I am so you can empathize with me also. <laughs> because I'm dealing with this issue also in a measure. So, in a, I, 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 I love to sound in a way that I'm not holding briefs for parents, but to be a bit balanced. A lot of our parents are not in the same demography with us. Amen. Yeah? <laughs> They're not uh, in the same life phase. They, they, they didn't encounter the things we're encountering different experiences and all that. So, I stand the risk of sounding like I'm old and brief for your parents, but I, I, I want to start by saying, please, let, let that be the first point pers perspective, you know, to this thing. You see, older people refuse to understand that what you don't know, you don't know. <laughs> and there's nothing you can do about it. Say it again, sir. Yeah. Say it again. Sir. No, I say it again that older people refuse to understand that what you don't know, you don't know, and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Except you, you try to know. You are stuck in what you know. And that's why you try to communicate and explain things from your perspective. They don't see it like that because there are filters. Yeah like goggles with which they see what you are saying. And a lot of the time, if you have your way, you want to remove it. But you really can't. That's why what the Bible is talking about in Romans 12 and verse 2. And be not conformed to this word, and be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There's a level of renewal of mind that you cannot get from a 70-year-old, notwithstanding how you try, how much you try. Yeah. So rather than struggling with them for that, Will you please empathize? I don't know if you're getting me. Yes, sir. Yeah. And, um, and work with them with certain level of understanding. Can I tell you the truth? That some parents, old people can be so set in their ways, and they're not open to new ideas. I'm praying to God that as I grow older, I will be more open. But I'm struggling, really. <laughs> Because the things that will make sense to a generation will not make sense yeah. mm. to a previous generation. Yeah. I, I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. Yes, sir. Yeah. And that's why the Bible says in Joel, in the last days, I'll pour my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters, they will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. You understand? Even God, when he wants to give vision, he gives to the young. 
Because it's the person that will be alive to fulfill the vision that you should give it to. So there are things that are happening in your generation that are peculiar to this generation. The things that uh, the older generation should embrace, try to learn, and all that, but it's difficult. And for some people, it's never going to happen. So let me say just one or two things, and I'll stop on this. One, in behavior, please take this as a principle of the scripture, that you don't confront authority, you appeal to authority. Tough. <laughs> that is the honor code. The tone of voice, the mannerism, the body language can be exuding dishonor or honor, notwithstanding the subject matter. And that's where we get it wrong. Yeah. You must not raise your voice when you talk to your parents. You should not raise your voice. If it's getting to it, respectfully excuse yourself. Can I tell you the truth? Raise your voice or not. Where in the place where they are already set, they are set. They are like concrete. You know when it's set. The best you can get from concrete is when it is fluid. The moment it adds up, you have to break it. You understand? And what you are, some of us are confronting is concrete war. So, breaking the scriptures because you are confronting a concrete war does not change the fact that you are breaking the word of God. Mm. Yeah. There's no excuse for dishonor. It's an opportunity for me to behave better and gain wisdom. And I must engage that opportunity wisely. So, you don't confront authority, you appeal to authority. When, it, when I say you don't confront authority, you appeal to authority, I don't mean that if somebody has done something wrong, you can't say uh, that is wrong. But the way you say it is in an appealing manner. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Sure. Yes. So, sir, uh, uh, you said this and that. Uh, I don't agree completely. You can't tell an elderly person that they are lying. <laughs> You shouldn't, you shouldn't say that. So I say, respectfully, sir, you're Respectfully. Lying. <laughs> say, with all due respect, that's not very correct. Yeah, that's not very correct. You know, there are things you say with your parents. The conversation will end there, and it will yes. become something else. Yes. Desist from that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Separate issues from people, like we say. This is my parent, my father or my mother or my uncle that I'm talking to. With all due respect, sir, that's not totally correct. Do you mean I'm lying? Not exactly, sir. <laughs> but that's not, that's, that's, that's not correct. Yeah. Because the moment you say you are lying, that's the end of the conversation. And that's not what you want. You want the issue resolved. So there, 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 there are many things like that that God will want us to learn. And as we learn it, we gain emotional fortitude and strength. We take that into our other relationships. Yeah. If it's always fight to finish with your parents, you may get a fight to finish marriage. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And get a fight to finish your relationship with bosses and colleagues. Yeah. If you know how to manage it, 
you have gained something and you can take that transposition that into other vital relationships. Sir. Let me stop there. Sir. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Pidi. So well said. You know, just while you were speaking about appealing to authority, I remember, and I'm just going to share this very quickly, my own parental warfare experience or parental drama. So when I got born again, I, I wasn't attending my parents' church anymore. So when I was on campus, I would go to a different fellowship and a different church. They wanted me to go to the fellowship, the campus fellowship of their own church. But when I'm in school, I did not do that. When I'm home, I'll go to church with them. But of course, I just got born again, zeal without knowledge, you know, tongue talking and all that. And so I began to say everything that they were doing that was wrong, you know. And I was very antagonistic, very critical. So I would not hesitate to point it out to them, um, especially my dad that guy, you goofed here, you know, this isn't okay, you can't be like this, you can't say, you cannot be, in fact, my father was a Sunday school teacher, he served, he held different portfolios in church, so I was very quick to remind him, you cannot be, and then he also dealt with, um, he struggled with road rage, oh, my father would curse out any downfall driver that misbehaves on the road, you know, and he would go on and on, and so I would not, in a loving manner, criticize him for that, that you cannot be, what are you trying to say to me? So family devotion time, you're then trying to bring, my mind was short, but I wanted to go to, I wanted to keep going to my own church and I would mention to them and at that time they had issues with the church and so they would say no, of course, very clearly it would always be a no, I would, so you're going to have to, in fact the word then, I had just read this book then, it was a, a literature book, it was called Stoop to Conquer, she stooped to conquer. He said, you're going to have to stoop to conquer. And stooping means that you have to be humble. You have to honor everything you're doing right now. You are not representing me. And so there is no way they're even going to be able to hear you. Anything you are saying, you may be correct. Yes, but they're not going to be able to listen to you because there is no love here. So what is your faith? A faith that is devoid of love, you know? So I had to repent and my parents just noticed that, well... So when they say not to go, I sit with them. I don't go. I would go for go to follow them to church. I would actively serve in their church whenever I'm home and things like that. Until one day, we're watching TV. My dad, my, myself, and my mom were watching TV one day. Uh, they were watching TV. I was reading a book. And the announcement of a, an event that my church was holding um, came on air. Um, this was several months after. I had given up the battle. I wasn't asking them about church anymore. And... There was less friction. I wasn't as antagonistic anymore. I just used to pray and, and things like that. And my dad just turns to me, ah, you didn't tell me about this one now. I'm like, well, he's like, don't you want to go? I, was, I couldn't believe it. Like, don't I want to go for a war for the church? Program? I was like, yeah, you don't want to go. Uh, I don't have any money. I'll give you money, you know? And that was it. That was how I started legally and formally started going to my own church then. And in fact, they started, you know, streaming the programs. It was TV broadcast then, so they used to listen in and things like that, and we'll talk about it. And I could see how a lot changed in my family dynamics. I could sit with them, engage with them. My parents, by, as at that time, you know, they hadn't been baptized in the Holy Ghost and, and things like that. But we could talk about these things um, because I was then coming from a place of love. So I absolutely um, can relate with everything PG has said, been there, done that. Please, let's appreciate PG once again for that. All right, um, so still on this honor and respect matter, PJ, I want you to speak to someone here who's had nasty experiences with parents, and nasty in the sense that either they've been abused or, you know, they've, parents have failed them, you know, done things that, are, that should not be said that parents did. So it may not even just even be sexual abuse now, you know. 
Uh, but people are in that place where they're like, what is the difference between honor and respect? Okay, so I'm born again. Uh, scripture says to honor my parents. I want to honor them. What does that look like when I don't love them? I don't even like them. I'm barely trying to stand. I only, I only, the thing that is connecting us is the name, which maybe when I get married, I will definitely drop. How do I continue to respect people who are not, you know, willing to change um, and are still very poisonous as it were, you know? So it, it, the scenario that comes to mind is when damaged um, parents are then relating with their children and damaging their children in the process. Um, so they're trying to enforce parental authority, but the people receiving the children feel like they have no right to want to enforce that type of authority because of the things that have happened between them in that relationship. Okay. Um, it's tough to respond with honor and regard to somebody that I feel does not deserve it. But we all need to understand that what we literally enjoy from God, a lot of the time we don't deserve it. Yeah. And that's how Jesus taught us to forgive. Because it's, if we don't deserve forgiveness, we got forgiveness. Mm -hmm. So, and we enjoy the forgiveness and a life of peace, or, or of lack of guilt and all that. We ask God to forgive us and he forgave us and all that. So why do we think that uh, other people have to deserve it before we give it to them? Mm -hmm. And especially our parents or parental figures. Mm. Uh, you are not in control of how people will behave around you. You are only in control of how you respond to those behaviors. It's only a witch that controls people. Yeah. So if there's a parent that has uh, a character flaw, a parent that is dealing with emotional gaps and all that, and has afflicted or inflicted any pain or abuse, or you know, just, just very glaring character wickedness. wickedness or character problem, you don't have control over it. There are many things that we did not decide. You didn't decide when you were born, where you were born, Definitely. which family you were born into, which country you were, which country <laughs> you were born into. You understand? You, 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 you had no choice in those things. Yeah. But what we have a choice or what we have choices on are things like how we are going to live our lives. Who is going to be my friend? Yeah. yeah. Who am I going to marry? Where am I going to walk? And what kind of emotional life I want to have? Yeah. Those are the things I can control. I can choose not to be an emotional wreck mm. by not living my life in reaction to what people do, just like I mentioned earlier. Yeah. But choosing how I respond, and it's the same thing in this situation as well. So um, I, I didn't decide who my dad will be or my mom will be. Whatever comes out of it, I can decide how I handle it. Yeah. Can decide to forgive. If the, the, there's still a lot of pain and wickedness, I also decide, I can decide to move away or to give some gaps. 
but to withhold um, honor, regard and respect, and help when I can, is not acceptable because God demanded that from me to everybody. For instance, he said we should honor them right in authority and pray for people in leadership. You don't have to like Buari. I'm not even sure if anybody likes him, but, <laughs> but what I'm saying is that God said you should pray for him because as of today, he's the president of Nigeria. So, it's the same thing. In the same vein, I don't have to like my dad. But it's my dad, biologically. I owe him honor, I owe him prayers, and I owe him respect. And there's grace to be able to do that. Because I'm a believer, not a doubter. And a believer believes the word of God. And believes that the word of God can work in my life. And that's why I'm a believer. If I'm an, I'm, I'm, if I'm an unbeliever, it's okay. I'm not guided by the same rule. But the rule that guides a believer is the word of God. So, uh, the, the, you know, let me land on this. When we get into certain situations in life, this is where the problem is. When we get into certain situations in life, we choose how we respond based on our biases. So, somebody around that issue, and you pray more for God to help you to forget the pain of the past and all that they've done, you will get better. Mm. You're not doing that, but you're praying for another job, and you're releasing your faith for another job. Mm. And it's the same process to get a job and to be at peace with your parents. Mm. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 It's I release my faith. I pray and confess the word of God. I pray about it. I trust God to heal my heart to change something inside me. A lot of the time, we trust God to, to change something outside, but we don't have faith that God will change something inside. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah, because it's the same process. It's about trusting God, literally, for a miracle. Yeah. Thank you, sir. That, that was awesome. Um, just... A quick word. So, I mean, I, I saw this video that was going around on Instagram and it was talking about how in the Lord's Prayer it says, you know, and forgive us our trespasses as we, as we forgive those who trespass against us, who transgress against us. And it was talking about how the measure of forgiveness you can expect to receive from God is almost proportional to how willing you are to forgive people around you. You can't ask God for more forgiveness than you yourself are willing to, to give. So, so that, that's amazing. Thank you, sir. Um, so this next question is, is a bit deep, sir. Um, it says, um, God has given us life to steward in a way that glorifies him. But some people cut their lives short. They have so much trauma and pain to deal with in their lives that they choose to take their own lives. Um, now, we've been told suicide is a sin. But then I see that people like Samuel and Saul ended up in heaven. How do I steward a life? Samson, sorry, and Saul ended up in heaven. How do I steward a life like that, that is filled with so much pain? Um, and how do I relate with people who are considering taking their lives? Well, when it comes to people considering taking their lives, the first thing I'll say is that we as believers, we are dealers in hope. Yeah. We are dealers in hope, you know, like drug dealers. Yep. Yes. Dealers. Yeah, we deal in hope. Yeah. We bring it out wholesale and retail. 
depend on what you want, the one you like. If you want it wholesale, we'll give you wholesale. If you want it retail, we'll retail it to you. Yeah. So, but we're dealers in hope. And the Bible says in Romans 5 and verse 5, it said, and hope does not disappoint. And because the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit, whom God has given unto us. So I have the capacity to cultivate hope and to then become a dealer in hope. That's my first response to anyone who is considering taking his or her life. I'm supposed to encourage and give as much hope as I can. Now, somebody may be saying, what about if I'm hopeless myself? Yeah, the word hopeless means I don't have it, I have less of it. <laughs> yeah. I can get it. Yeah. Because uh, Paul said, if Christ did not rise, we have all men miserable. We are supposed to be hopeless. But if we believe that he rose, then our case is never finished. I don't know if you understand what I'm yes, saying. Sir. Yeah, it was just like the, the, the scenario of the disciples after, you know, somebody came and made mouth to them. As long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. Yeah. You know, this, that, that. They saw him perform miracles. Yeah, he raised their dead. He healed Peter's mother-in-law. They didn't have money. He told Peter what to do. Money came. They needed a vehicle. He said, go to Bethany and Bethphage, in the place where two ways met, you'll see you know, one chassis Prado that is parked there. <laughs> yeah. Just enter the keys inside it, drive it and be coming. <laughs> yeah. And they, they, they did all those things. You can imagine mm. somebody told you to do that. Was a B, uh, BWS, and you went and you got the Prado there, the keys inside it. Yeah. You drove it. Nobody challenged you. You got miracle car. You, you brought it, you know, and, all, and then all of a sudden, the person seemed to become powerless. So they came and carried him. Mm. And this person has done all this, could not do nothing. Because mm. that's what happens when it looks like the bottom, you know, just fell out on us. Yeah. Uh, this God that we have known to be this and that, but this situation, mm. the bottom fell out and it looks like a very hopeless case. Yeah. You can imagine the emotions of the disciples of Christ at the crucifixion. I mean, Peter was so hopeless, he could not even say, I'm his disciple. Yeah. Mm. And they had to stay for three days in that reckless hopelessness. But on the third day, when he rose, something happened to them. Go and read it. Yeah. They, they, you know, they were running. They, were, they ran to the tomb. They did all that. See, with, between the time that God fails us, and the time that it shows up. <laughs> Many people will be derailed. Yeah. Many people will become hopeless and suicidal. But you know the truth, what God has proposed to do tomorrow. There's nothing, sometimes, sometimes, not all the time, there's nothing that you will do today to make him do it today. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Jesus said it and prophesied. He said, pull down this temple and in three days I will raise it up. He was speaking to them metaphorically so many times. He knew that this thing is a three-day miracle. No negotiation. No negotiation. Uh, why is it three days? I don't know. 
Yeah. Even in the Old Testament, the story of Jonah was used, you know, to Jonah that he will spend, you know, that same amount of time in the belly of the whale, which is also a, a, a way of Christ, you know. Uh-huh. But this is where I'm going. When we go through those situations, that's when it looks like everything is hopeless. And that's where most people miss it in life. Somebody walks out, the job was gone, and then, again, suffered abuse on it, and all that and all that, and this life, the devil just paints a picture that this life has now become useless. Maybe I should just end it. Maybe it's a three-day miracle. And if you wait one or two more days, something will flip. Mm. So if you find yourself talking to that kind of a person, is it wrong to give hope? Mm. Knowing that the precepts of the scripture shows that some miracles are three-day miracles. And if you hand it at at the end of the first day, you may have missed a big deal out of, you know, God's path for your life, the destiny that God has for you, the call of God upon your life, and all that. Now, I haven't said that. Um, We have to empathize with people who have become suicidal or who had been suicidal before. There's a way the devil harasses the mind of people to just make us feel like our life is useless. Every believer must fight a good fight of faith never to get to that point. Yeah, never to get to that point. The truth is that if I always convince myself that my life is not my own and the person who gave me this life has a plan for it, when it's not going well, I can wait for him. I may never get to the point where I think of taking my life because it's useless. As to whether the person who uh, committed suicide is going to heaven or hell, um, I don't want to dwell on it. And this is why I said I don't want to dwell on it. It's not like dodging it. It's when we look at what is at stake, it's better we concentrate on, um, how do I put it now? It's, it's better we don't use heaven or hell to convince people. Yeah. Mm. There's life to live. Yeah. Yeah. So why are we jumping the gun? There's life to live here. It's better we encourage people to live that life than to be, uh, you know, to be saying, so if you die now, you may not go to heaven, yeah. you know, and all that. Because for some people, the pain they're going through. Yeah, it won't work for them. Mm. That's the truth. It's better you sell hope rather than selling eternal life for somebody. <laughs> yes, sir. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes. Somebody, you're telling somebody that they will go to hell and they said, hell cannot be worse than what I'm going through right mm. now. Yeah. It, 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 there's nothing, you know some people have convinced themselves that there's nothing worse than what they're going through. So there's no how you are going to paint hell that will make it less appealing. It's better you let them know that this place right here, right now, can be better if you wait. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much for that, PG. Yes, please, let's, let's appreciate PG for that. Okay, so we're, we're running out of time, um, but I'm gonna have to merge these two questions and the people who wanted to ask questions, and PG, we're gonna have to definitely have PG back again. Uh, to continue these conversations. Um, but I, I wanted to talk about just this whole 
conversation in our generation around pastors, accountability, and, you know, honor and respect and things like that. Uh, because a lot of young people are struggling very, quite significantly, being able to, um, as far as they're concerned, pastors are supposed to, to, be, to represent Christ. Um, but there's been so much over the last few years, both home and abroad, where, you know, they're just uncovering secret scenes and just different things coming up. Um, about pastors, and it sort of left some people questioning the essence of it. Or in fact, some people do not even want to, if God is calling them, they're not even open to hearing because it looks like <laughs> pastoring isn't, isn't appealing. There's that, and there's also the place of even respect. Um, that's what informs things like, I will not give my tithe to the church. I would rather go and give my money to the poor. You know, I will support course, courses because... Pastors are buying private jets and building houses and living, living large on people's tithes and offering and things like that. So there's just so much going on, and I would like for you um, to speak to this. So from two perspectives, one is the fact that um, people are struggling with this, all these revelations that are coming out um, about things people have done in the past, and they, they're struggling to be able to respect pastors or that, the office of a pastor. There's that, and there's also um, the, the second part of it around, look, we've seen how pastors have, have, I don't want to use the word swindled, but they have done damage to our parents. And right now, I'm at the extreme. So my parents have respected pastors long enough. They've given up their all, and yet they've lived in abject poverty and squalor. Or uh, they respect, they would, my, I've seen my mom honor, my, honor her pastor more than she honors her, my father and things like that. So I want you to help us just create a balance, um, especially from the scriptures, and also just having listened to what you shared with us this morning via the broadcast. Okay, thank you. Um, first, on the issue of um, moral failure. I'll say that um, pastors are human beings too. We have great expectation of leaders. But we must never forget that a leader, whether in church, outside of church, and all that, is first and foremost a human being. The Bible says that every high priest is taken amongst men. Men and women of God are humans, first and foremost, before they become pastors. Some people, their route to, I mean, their route to um, leadership is questionable. Some people are not even prepared for the responsibility that they have been given. And some people uh, have had age-long issues that have been covered. And when you, you are exposed to certain, certain privileges, some things that you thought uh, you have done, I mean, you're done with them, start to, to play out. And that's what we see you know, in some of the things that have happened. Also, the way the gospel has been glamorized has also affected some of these things where uh, people start to see pastors like pop icons, like superstars and celebs. And it puts a lot of pressure. Just see, the celebs, let me say it this way, the celebs whose heads are still correct, are in the minority. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. That means there's something that fame, affluence, and influence does to a man that amplifies the weakness of a man. Yeah. Human beings who were not built to be able to absorb praise mm. or worship. Mm. It belongs only to God. Mm. When a human being is worshipped and praised to a level, they start to malfunction. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 Just start to misbehave after a while. Even those of them that start, started as child artists, Justin Bieber, them, all of them, I mean, and the likes. Sorry, I'm mentioning the name. Um, some of you are his fans, and it's okay. My daughter was still watching her on TV yesterday, and I said, what I said is, Justin Bieber, I like that music video. I said, but you're supposed to go and have your bath now. I said, let me finish this one, Dad. <laughs> I just walked away. I, said, I just said, it's okay. Just make sure you finish this one, and go and, <laughs> go and have your bath. <laughs> That's my younger daughter. So, uh, the, 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 we need to be careful how, how we then interpret the offshoot of that or the fallout of that. Now, pastors make mistakes and fall. It won't stop. It will happen until Jesus comes. Because pastors are human beings. Yeah. And like I said, the Bible says, let him understand. Take it, lest it fall. Yeah. Um, the responsibility that we have is not to indulge what is programmed to fail. So as a church, for instance, we try to be a little more painstaking, watching over people that were put in authority, asking the right questions, giving the right kind of training that can set people up properly for leadership. So, those are all the things that we need, we have to contend with. How does that then affect my mind and your mind? Does it mean that we should use one brush to paint everybody? Yeah. Not necessarily so. We need to understand that some people will fall, but some people will stand. But the Bible says God is able to make them stand. And one soldier falling for the bullet of the devil does not mean that all our soldiers cannot perform. Mm. Even in Nigeria today, as we are fighting Boko Haram, we know we are not winning well enough, but we still know we have gallant soldiers yeah. who are doing their best. Yes, sir. It's the same thing for the kingdom. We just need to decide our all you, in your own way, have the perspective you're going to have to it. And whether you're going to lose faith in the clergy or in ministers just because some people misbehave. Uh, on the other hand, is the issue of um, financial resources and all that. It's almost the same thing I'm going to say. Some pastors have mismanaged resources, but not all pastors. Some pastors con, literally con people of their money. Yeah. Some prophets prophesy for money, for gain, 
under, on, operating under the spirit of Balaam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go and read your Bible about Balaam and Balak. You understand what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. But it doesn't mean that everybody is like that. When we see people that are like that, we walk away and we pray for them. When you get into situations where comments are being made about them and it's becoming heated, you step aside. Yeah. There's a thin line between underscoring someone's misdeed and join, judging them. Yeah. It's just a thin line. I'm permitted to underscore somebody's misdeed by saying, this is not okay. Yeah. But to judge, condemn, and cancel. You mm. people do that a lot. Yeah. Because the Bible says, if God will count sin, who will stand? Mm. Mm. All of us will just be canceling us, canceling. <laughs> you know, with this cancel culture that you people have now. Just cancel that one. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Silence them. So, we call people out for the purpose of saying this is wrong. But until God says it's over, it's not over. Because there's always room for repentance. If we call out and cancel, uh, we have assumed the role of God in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. As the judge and jury and all that, and an executionist, you know, or executioner, everything together. That is the, the wrong thing about the current culture. So we're losing too many people because their voice has been taken from them. They have been canceled. They can't function again because they did one thing mm. wrong. Why not call out the thing that they, they did? Let them know that it's not acceptable so that any other person that wants to occupy that position know that it will not be acceptable if you do this. Yeah. But we're forgiving you. We're praying for you. Whatever God wants to use you to do in your future is you and God. But we'll see it ahead as we go. Because some people, we close our minds so sharply when people misbehave. We cancel them completely. We can never listen to them again or have anything to do with them or anything like that, you know. I recognize that in certain areas of life there should be standards. And if somebody has failed in one area, you, you shouldn't be too quick to bring them back to that place because they're going to hurt more people. And that's acceptable. But not that we can completely cancel people. Yeah. Sure. Wow. Please, let's just appreciate PG. So PG, sir, I, I'm just going to request now that you, you lead us in prayers. We, we have a couple more questions, but we're going to bring PG back, definitely. So if you can just lead us in prayers and... Okay. Uh, before I pray, I just want to say it's always a pleasure to be here. I will be back when we have another time like this. Perhaps we're able to continue this. But I want to ask you to please uh, go back to the series that we just finished. Binge watch, binge listen, you know, get on YouTube, get everywhere you can find it. Make sure that you search the scriptures, search the scriptures for yourself. Make sure that your life brings honor to God. Yeah, that you live a life that is honorable and that you honor people around you, honor God, honor his work, honor 
vital relationships that God has put in your life and don't allow anything to stop you. Yeah, don't allow anything to stop you from honoring people and honoring God and living a life that is honorable. The reason why I'm saying that is that the first example of dishonor in the scriptures created the first murderer. Yeah. Dishonor opened us up. The other one brought, in one translation, the first and the best. The, in one other translation, firstborn and choice cut of meat. Those descriptions connote honor. The moment God honors the one that honored him, the person whose God did not accept his sacrifice became jealous. And God said, what is wrong with you? If you do well, will you not also be honored? You know the right thing to do. Why are you not doing the right thing? He said, and if you refuse to do the right thing, sin lies at your doors, locking around you. Dishonor opens the door for the devil. Cain became so disgruntled to the point that he killed Abel. And the blood of Abel was crying from the ground. Thank God for Jesus. The Bible says today, we have come to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. The blood of Abel was shouting for vengeance. The blood of Jesus cries for mercy. And mercy says no. No to what I deserve. No, no to what should have been the repercussion of my action. And today, as we pray, we're going to plead mercy. In the places where we have misbehaved, where we have crossed the line, whether in relating with our parents, relating with God, relating with people in authority, or whether in the way we honor him with our substance, in the places where we have crossed the line, we're going to trust God for mercy. Will you rise on your faith? Rise on your faith, everyone. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Lift your two hands to Jesus today and just bless him. Just bless him and appreciate him. Father, we thank you. Lord, we bless your name. 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 Can somebody sing that song for me? Mercy says no. Anyone who can sing it, can you just sing it for me? Just once, and then I'm going to pray. Mercy said no. I'm not going to let you go. I'm not going to let you sleep away. You don't have to be afraid. Mercy said Pressure. 
two hands with me, everyone, in the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name. We enforce the mercy of God over the life of everyone under the influence of this service today. Mercy says no to every plan of the devil over your life. Mercy says no to the repercussion of any wrong behavior, any dishonorable acts. In the name of the Lord Jesus, and I decree and declare over you today that the oath of condemnation and guilt is broken over your heart. In the name of the Lord Jesus, by the mercy of God, we speak the life of Jesus over you. And with this life, receive wisdom. Receive divine direction. Receive strength to live and obey the word of God. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we stand against anything that may be derailing anyone here today. Every wrong belief, wrong belief about honor, we stand against the old of that bitterness. We plead the mercy of Jesus over your life right now and we receive the power of healing over your heart right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus. And I decree that the hand of God rests upon you. Healing your heart. Of every heartbreak. Of every bitterness. And every seed of discord. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Father we thank you. Father we thank you. Lord if there's anyone under the influence of my voice. Who is currently derailed. By your mercy, we proclaim restoration. In the name of Jesus. By your mercy, we proclaim restoration. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Lift your two hands with me one more time. Wave those hands to him and say, Father, do a quick walk in my heart right now. Do a quick walk in my heart right now. Do a quick walk in my heart right now. Do a quick walk in my heart right now. Thank you, everlasting Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Somebody pray in the Holy Ghost if you can. Pray in the Holy Ghost if you can. Man to pray Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Mambra Nekelebosata. Marudobo Sosoto Preika Liga Shite Yende. Ne Kondolobo Shata. Mambra Neke Lake Tusosoto. Egre de Kalibo Shatayaba. Mambro do Kobosha. Ligre Dike Sosoto Parando Lebosha. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I have a few words for some people here and I'm going to pray for you as I give those words. There's someone here. Um, you have been living in the fear of what you detest about your parents because you see that there's a tendency in you to leave it out yourself. That thing that you don't like, that you hate, that has created bitterness. You see uh, there's, there's, a, uh, there's a familiar spirit that wants to perpetuate it through your own life as well. And you know, you can see traces of it already. I love to pray for you. I love to pray for you. 
I love to pray for you. I love to pray for you. I love to pray for you. There's some, someone else here who has been tormented consistently in the dream. Yeah. Consistently in the dream. I, 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 I don't know the torment, but that's what I hear in my spirit. But you've been tormented consistently in the dream. I want to pray for you as well. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Father, we bless your name. Lord, we bless your name. Lord, we bless your name. As I pray right now, I see that the hold of familiar spirits shall be broken. In the name of Jesus. So if you're the person that I spoke about, I want you to remain where you are. But what I, I need you to do is that you put your right hand on your forehead. Yeah. Just put your right hand on your forehead. Just, just, were you coming out? Yeah, okay, you can stand here. Just put your right hand on your forehead. Put your right hand on your forehead. The two categories that I spoke about, yeah. Whether it's about the dream, whether it's about seeing traces of that thing that you detest in the life of your parents that's now showing up in your life. God wants to break that thing right now. God wants to break it right now. He wants to break it right now. He wants to break it right now. He wants to break it right now. And for somebody here, maybe the third category, it's, it's not like you are seeing the traces of it. It's just that you are afraid of it. Let me give you an example. I came from a polygamous family. My dad had about maybe six women in his life. And as a young person, after I gave my life to Christ, the devil tormented me. Yeah. It's one of the things I didn't like about my dad, but the devil tormented me that you are not going to be able to live right, as in you're going to be a fornicator and an adulterer. Yeah. That, that same thing is going to happen in my life. So I struggled with even taking leadership position in fellowship when I got saved. And when I started feeling a call into ministry, one of my greatest fear was that I was going to fall because of that. And it almost stopped me from going to ministry but thank God uh, over 30 years of being saved right now and over 25 years of ministry not one scandal yeah so I'm a, I'm a living testimony and my testimony is going to be sustained forever in the name of Jesus so what befell your parents don't have to befall you because you are in Christ when a man is in Christ he's a new creature all things have passed away and all things have become new Thank you, everlasting Father. If you're, if you're part of the prayer, put your hands on your head. If not, just stretch forth your hand towards people in front of people who may be putting their hands on their head as we pray for them. Father, in the name of Jesus, you reveal to redeem. And there's a name, one name that's been given under heaven by which men may be saved. At the mention of that name, every name bows. So we stand in the premise of the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. And we speak to every operation of familiar spirits. We break your hold in the name of Jesus. And we command you, go in the name of Jesus. Everyone who has been tormented in dreams recently, I declare in the name of Jesus that the hold of that torment is broken over your life. 
in the name of Jesus. I plead the blood of the everlasting covenant over you. The Bible says it gives his beloved sleep. Whenever that dream is coming from, whether out of guilt, out of oppression of a familiar spirit, or whatever has happened in the family, I cut it off today. Now, in the name of Jesus Christ, and I receive victory for you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, everlasting Father. Lord, for anyone operating under the spirit of fear, we stand in agreement of faith with them right now. We declare, according to your word, we are not a slave to fear. And we yield them to the care of your spirit today as we break the hold of the spirit of fear and we command in the name of Jesus that the hold of fear is broken over your life. Father, we ask that you fill them afresh with your spirit. Fill them afresh with your spirit and start a new walk in the life of everyone in the precious name of Jesus. Thank you, everlasting Father. Pray in the spirit some more, everyone. And everyone who has been prayed for, if you don't pray in the Spirit right now, and you are not baptized in the Holy Ghost, I want you to talk to your pastors, the ministers here. Uh, um, can, can, can the ministers, I want us to go around. Can we talk to the people who, who have been prayed for, whose hand on their head? Anyone that is not baptized in the Holy Spirit, that wants to be baptized and is willing to stay after this service. What, the reason why I'm saying that is that one of the ways you are going to be able to walk completely free is by the operations of the Spirit of God in your life. And when you don't have a walk with the Holy Spirit, you are saved, but you don't have a walk with the Holy Spirit. Uh, sometimes it can, it can, you know, it can lead to more works of the flesh in your life. You know, so uh, 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 the, the ministers will go around and, and ask you if you can pray in the Holy Ghost, just pray in the Holy Ghost. Everyone in the congregation, just pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. For anyone that wants to be ministered to, the moment this service is over, uh, uh, the ministers will have spoken to you. You can wait behind. We'll minister the baptism of the Holy Spirit to you. If you cannot wait, please let us know. Next Sunday, try to come in early and they will minister to you. Let's pray in the Holy Spirit. Either the Son of God set free is free indeed. Father, we thank you for mighty deliverances in this place. Thank you, Jesus. No, 
Father, we thank you. Lord, we bless your name. You can go back to your seat. Everyone. I said a prayer before, but I think I backslid into sin. And I know if Jesus should come right now, I may not be able to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Just before I take my seat, I'd love to pray for you. There's anyone like that. You want to give your life to Jesus and you want to rededicate your life to Jesus. Can you lift your right hand above your head? I want to pray for you. Right where you are. I want to pray for you. Just lift your right hand above your head. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. I love to pray for you. 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 Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. If your hand is up, can you say this after me? Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I ask that you forgive me my sins and that you cleanse me from every unrighteousness. I receive you today as my Lord and my personal Savior. I dedicate my life to you afresh from this moment. And I ask that you fill my heart with your spirit in the name of Jesus. I declare today that I'm now a child of God. I'm born again, washed in the blood of Jesus. Filled with his spirit, I will serve God with my life, the remaining days of my life, in the name of Jesus. If you just said the prayer, our ministers will reach out to you, maybe put a card in your hand, and please make sure that you drop your details and please submit yourself in any way they may want to minister to you or be a blessing to you. As a responsible church, we love to help people gain stability after they have submitted their lives to Jesus. Thank you for the decision you have made today. Everyone lift your two hands with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak a blessing over your sons and daughters. Everyone who's been a part of this service today, everyone joining us online, we ask, Father, that this week, make it a week of new beginnings for everyone. Order our steps to be at the right place at the right time with the right people. We decrease safety and divine preservation. Your going out is blessed and your coming in is blessed. The issues that have been unresolvable this week, my God moves you closer to the resolution. Solutions are coming to you this week. Enjoy divine help. Where doors have been shut, I pray for you this week. Those doors are swinging open. In the name of the Lord Jesus, Father, we thank you for the supply of your spirit. For everyone under the influence of my voice, this week is a week of renewal, a week of revival. Something shall be revitalized in your spirit, man. In the name of Jesus. For someone who has been going through struggles, the struggle is over this week. May the light, I pray, the restoration of joy to someone who had the influence of my voice. This week is your week of joy. No more sorrow. Morning has come to an end. In the precious name of Jesus. Somebody say it better. Amen. Come on, put your hands together, celebrate Jesus. Thank you for having me. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.